Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast where we recap and muse on the CW classic, The Vampire Diaries. We're excited to bring you this week's special ghost-centric episode, aptly titled Ghost World. Hey! My name is Beth. I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and our special guest, Mike, this week. And we're excited to bring you Season 3, Episode 7, again, Ghost World. Great movie. Was it a movie? I didn't even know. Yeah, it was like a movie in like the early 2000s with Thora Birch and was Scarlett Johansson in it? Yes, 14-year-old Scarlett Johansson. Oh. She was playing... Was she playing an Asian person? <laughs> no, but no. She, she was 14 playing a recent high school graduate. Oh, that's weird. She had a very low voice, like even lower than now back then. Oh, okay. It was based on a graphic novel and I really loved it in high school because I felt like I was very similar to the two main characters who were like high school weirdos mm-hmm. who liked to follow strangers around, which my friends and I liked to do at the time. So that was a big movie for me, except unlike Thora Birch in that movie, spoiler alert, I did not want to fuck Steve Buscemi. Oh, with Steve Buscemi, I was like, I knew it was one, I was like, was it, I thought it was Paul Giamatti for a second, because I haven't seen the movie in like 20 well, he was years. In the... I think he played the dude who wrote the graphic novel in his biopic. American Splendor? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that he's the guy who wrote Ghost World, and I still messed it up. But you were, it was in the same realm. Yeah, and it came out around the same time, I think, within three or four years of one another. So, hey, welcome to the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Wow, I have no idea what just happened. Ghost World, the movie, has nothing to do with ghosts. Oh, but they do like to name episodes after some sort of highbrow stuff. Like there's As I Lay Dying in Ghost World. And the Sun Also Rises. Sun Also Rises. Even like to get the cool uh, grunge cred with Smells, Smells like, like Teen Spirit from yep. last week. Mm-hmm. I'd say that Ghost World is a more apt title for this episode than it was for that movie. Because okay. the world was full of ghosts in this episode. Yes, we got all of the ghosts. Hello, ghosts. That's why I wanted to guess on this. It's like the uh, all the greatest hits from the past two seasons all in one episode. Yes. Yeah, and we will get there. But before we do that, we need to start off with Damon being chained up at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may remember that Mason Lockwood made a mystery appearance at the end of last episode. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? So we open up this. Yes, I had some theories, all of which were wrong, as usual. But hey, you know, I'm just a lady living her life trying to do her best. Um, So yeah, Damon's sitting in the Salvatore boarding house, completely chained up and staked. And Mason is just kind of creeping behind him and just staring at Damon. Like very moodily and intensely right he's smoldering i would even say totally he's mad for some reason <laughs> yeah luckily the previously on showed us a flashback of when damon chained mason to the very same chair in the very same room and stabbed him with a uh, the same fireplace poker and then ripped his heart out of his chest right yes good mems memories and we find that Damon cannot actually see Mason because, surprise, Mason is a ghost. 
Oh, is that what's happening here? Yeah, because Damon thinks that it's oh, Stefan. right. Yes. Oh, yeah. But Mason is, like, talking to Damon, and, and Damon can't hear him. Mm-hmm. He's like, it hurts, doesn't it? He's like, very funny, Stefan. I'm glad you're having your fun game, but this is a little too far even for you. Oh, right. And that's why Stefan's, like, he's pretty much laughing at Damon, and he's like, hey, man, I didn't do this. Then he, he just, like, strolls the and like, yeah. It's kind of like when Catherine walked into Gloria's when she was torturing Stefan. I almost <laughs> yeah. expect him to just say, well, this is creepy. Right, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was perfect. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. I thought that, I thought that, um, Damon was able to see him, but I was just we'll see how that like, comes along. He doesn't sound anything like Stefan. We're <laughs> talking about Damon. Right. But at this point in the episode, the ghosts are still invisible to everybody except Jeremy. Yep. Man, I've defended Jeremy in the past, but he's Retro. a he's a lot to handle in this episode. This episode yes. is a real low point for Jeremy, <laughs> and that's saying a lot. It is. Uh, it really is. So while Damon's still chained up to the chair, um, Mason opens the blinds and starts burning Damon alive because he's also taken Damon's ring and thrown it on the ground in front of him. Yeah, and when he watches Damon burning, the look on his face, like, he definitely has a boner. Yeah. Totes. Not a face boner, just a regular. A real boner. (laughs) His face indicates that he has a boner. (laughs) And then we get our title card. Mm-hmm. And then we hop over to the town square where another town event is. Spoiler alert! There's another event. This time it is a founders event, unlike last week. And Mayor Carol Lockwood herself is announcing it. <laughs> wow! What did we do to deserve such a pleasure? It's an honor to be in her presence. <laughs> right. So Carol Lockwood's up there thanking the volunteers, and everyone's like, "What are we here for?" And we find out that it's the Night of Illumination, and she invites some rando fell up onto the stage, Tobias Fell, to give them a history lesson about the backstory of the Night of Illumination. He's just this decrepit old guy who probably is like Logan Fell's grandpa, so probably sucks. Right. I was hoping the whole time that Tina Fell would show up. Me too. She might have been in the background somewhere. Has has she arrived yet? Tina Fell? Oh, you're thinking of somebody else. Oh, okay. Whoops. Tina Fell was in Miss Mystic Falls. She was the contestant oh, who had a DUI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. AKA our favorite. <laughs> she Mystic had to Falls. do the, the Miss Mystic Falls thing for community service or something. Yeah. Spoiler alert, there will be another Fell in the future. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I'm. Whenever I come on, I like to, to prognosticate the future. You ruined everything. I do podcast over <laughs> sorry guys it's been real but tobias fell is out there yammering about something i don't even know if he said words if he did i did not pay attention yeah he's just in the backwards talking like you see him like gesticulating yeah. and and no, looks like he he's saying says things. words he says that like that people hung out the lanterns to signify that their homes were safe and then while he's having this, Anna is there. And oh, she's yeah, she's, like, a clapping back about a Oh, right, because about, like, after the Civil War ended and Mystic Falls had unexpected prosperity, and Anna's like, yeah, because they stole all the vampires' money. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy's sitting there like a doofus laughing at nothing because nobody 
knows that there's a ghost talking to him. Right. And Have I ever brought up Teen Angel on this show before? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But this reminded me, so the premise of the show Teen Angel is really dark. It was on TGIF in the 90s. But I think I, I remember. quasi-remember some of it. I loved it, but it's like these two teenage boys, one of them dares the other to eat a cheeseburger that he found under the bed, and the kid does it and dies. Oh my god. And he wasn't a good enough person to get into heaven, and so in order to like earn his way into heaven, he has to be his friend's guardian angel. And he's, like, a comedic sidekick who only the main character can see. And then there's this one episode where everybody starts to notice that this kid, Steve, is just, like, talking to himself all the time and, like, (laughs) interacting with non-existent things, and they have an intervention for him. And I don't know. I think about that episode a lot. Was that the series finale? Because I don't imagine... I'd imagine that would be, like, an unexpected first series finale that ended up being or first season finale that ended up being the series finale sadly no i don't remember what the series finale was it was a short-lived show but i loved it (laughs) it sounds pretty good but anyway this made me think of that because jeremy is just like laughing at ghost jokes while surrounded by people and they're like what are you laughing at and he's holding her hand and his arm is like weirdly laid out stiffly it's very weird He is really just not slick at all. No. So yeah, Jeremy's standing with Anna, who's invisible to anyone but him, Elena, and I feel like somebody else might be there too, but it's not important. Rick. Good old Rick. Yep. (laughs) Ricky. Oh yeah. So then we pause at the night of illumination and... Oh, no, we just go and see what Bonnie and Caroline are up to. And they're hanging some decorations and having a bit of a chat. Yeah. Caroline's sharing her feelings about the uh, Jeremy and Anna situation, Mm -hmm. which are basically like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Bonnie's like giving a recap of everything that's been happening with that. She just leaves on this long speech that's all just exposition, but I don't remember of what. Just like the ghost shit yeah. that happened with Vicky last week. And then Caroline's like, well, can you just at least admit that you're not okay with what's going on with Jeremy and Anna? And she's like, um, of course not. Right. Does it need to be said? I know. Poor Bonnie. But then they get interrupted because Damon comes rolling up in this like powder blue convertible. Have we seen this car before? I don't think so. No, but so. they have so many cars. I feel like there's an episode in the first season where, where Stefan's showing Elena oh, all yeah. of the cars. So maybe that was just one that was in the back of the garage. That I mean, that house is enormous. They probably have an eight-car garage. Right. But he rolls up to be like, hey, so I think the ghost of Mason Lockwood is torturing me. And he's made this conclusion because... Mason stabbed him with the poker, which he had done to him. I'm like, wow, that's some good deductive skills. Right. I wasn't sure how... That's why I thought that he was able to see Mason, because he yeah. knew that it was him. It's a bit of a stretch. And Bonnie which, doesn't... In this show, that never happens. No. <laughs> Nobody has ever seemed this intelligent on this show in the main cast. Right. <laughs> but Bonnie doesn't think that it was Mason. She thinks it was Vicky. So she's going to talk to Matt about that later. But basically, Damon just pulls up in his convertible, drops his Mason theory, and is like, so obviously you fucked something up, so uh, fix it, and then drives away. Right. 
Thanks for the tip, Damon. Wasn't Bonnie's fault? I wanted to say that like a hundred times in this episode. Oh yeah, because that's not the first time that someone comes at Bonnie about her fucking up the spell to get rid of Vicky. Yeah. Stop being rude to Bonnie. Please. She's having a hard time. But anyway, now we go over to, I think, the outdoor seating of the Mystic Grill where Elena and Jeremy and Alaric are sitting. And Elena's like, so Jeremy, I need a favor. I've been reading Seven's old diaries. And she has the diaries with him. Yes. And they're just as old and dusty as they looked before. <laughs> and uh, every time he went off the rails like this, his friend Lexi came and helped him. And Alaric is like, oh, well, where is she now? And I'm like, oh, my God, how does Alaric not know about Lexi? He didn't know about Rebecca last week. I think nobody talks to Alaric, even though he lives in Elena's house. Or he's just drunk all the time, so he just doesn't remember anyone telling him any facts. That is actually probably <laughs> it. Oh, boy. And Jeremy's just like, she's dead. And none of them tell him that Damon was the one who killed him, which is very kind to Damon. Right. That's true. Or killed her. Sorry. Wait, but, nobody told Damon that... Nobody told Alaric. Tells Alaric that she's dead because Damon killed her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was messed up. Well, I think they probably want the fans of the show to forget, too, because Damon's a better guy now. So oh, yeah. He's the good one. Things that happened two seasons ago, you're supposed to forget about. There's been, a, like, a moral reset. It's water under the bridge. Yeah, totally. He just killed his brother's best friend of over 100 years. No big. But Jeremy does have a good point here that I don't think he ever even met Lexi, so he can't, like, just will her back into existence. Yeah, because Elena wants Jeremy to use his ghost whispering powers to talk to Lexi and find out how to fix Stefan. Right. And then I think Jeremy is like, well, I'm not even sure if Lexi would be able to interact with us. And then... Alaric chimes in with one of my favorite moments of the episode, and he's like, well, Vicky could interact. She blew up my damn car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in mourning for Alaric's car that I didn't even really know he had. Right. Good job, Vicky. So I think then we go back to Bonnie and Caroline, who are talking to Matt, and they're like, it makes no sense that Mason would be the one torturing Damon. He's dead. Vicky had just as much reason to hate Damon because, like, he murdered her mm-hmm. <laughs> that one time. And <laughs> Bonnie really doesn't want to believe that it could be Mason because if Mason's also back and able to, like, touch things, then shit is really fucked. So she really wants Matt to be like, oh, yeah, Vicky's here. But he's like, uh, no, I would know if she was here. I sent her away. It broke my heart. Like, Yeah. And then he says my favorite slash least favorite thing I've had enough of this ghost stuff to last forever. Like, <laughs> you drowned yourself on purpose so that you could see the ghost of your sister. Stop acting like this is some horrible thing that's been thrust upon you. And you're the one who did the spell to bring her back, which fucked everything up. Right. Good point. Oh my god, Matt. Yeah, you don't get to decide now that you don't want any part of this after you brought this hellscape to us. You well, I mean, there's often times when I fuck something up and then I'm like, hey, don't remind me how much I fuck something up. <laughs> so I don't want to deal with it now. I guess. Ugh. I feel like Matt owes Bonnie like a million favors at this point. He does. 
but he is too much of an asshole to recognize that. But Bonnie is in denial. She refuses to think it was Mason, but then her bag like splits open and a grimoire falls out and just flies open to the page for a manifestation spell. Yes, it was very was spooky. It to bring back veiled substance or veiled matter, is that what it's called? Yeah. And Caroline's like, what the fuck does that mean? She's like, ghosts. <laughs> yeah. And Caroline's like, ooh, is that a recipe for witch cookies or something? Or I hope that's a recipe for witch cookies. It was cute. It would be nice if there were some recipes in those grimoires. It would. I bet they would be amazing. (laughs) You know, the power of a hundred dead witches. I have Newton in them or something. Yeah. Dried seahorses or something. (laughs) Maybe it would be tasty. You don't know until you try it. It's true. So, clearly... Some kind of entity wants Bonnie to do this spell to lift the veil on ghost slash ghosts. Yes. So then we check back in over at the patio of the Mystic Grill where Elena, Jeremy, patio, and Alaric... that's what it's called. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. outdoor seating area. Hey, that's six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> um, and... So now Anna has joined the group, so nobody can see her again still except for Jeremy. And Elena's pretty much like, Jeremy, is Anna here right now? Because he's like sitting in the corner, like chuckling to himself and Mm -hmm. like staring off into space. Having long pauses before (laughs) answering questions. Yes. And he has a long pause here before answering Elena. And during this time, Anna's like, Tell, don't tell her I'm here. She won't like it. And Jeremy's like, uh, no, she's not here. BRB, gotta go check my work schedule. <laughs> it was very unconvincing. It was. And this whole time they're having a conversation about what the other side is. Mm-hmm. And how on the other side it's like restless spirits. And that not all supernatural creatures who die end up there. Some of them find peace. And so it's obviously very suspicious that Jeremy would know any of this. Right. So that's why. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere. There. And I wasn't sure if that was to show that Jeremy knew more than he should or just generally bad writing in the show to like set something up that might happen later. Yeah. But anyway, Jeremy senses that he's not going to get out of this. So he's like, uh, I gotta go do my homework. Bye. <laughs> And then Stefan swoops in and takes his seat and is like, hey, what you doing? Reading my diaries? <laughs> right. Which is super awkward. And Elena's like, uh... And Stefan's all like, whoa, look at all those words. I forgot how much I used to care. It's time for you to move on, Elena. And Elena, Elena like, keeps on having these like really serious comments. Like he says he forgot he, how much he used to care. And she's like, I didn't. Right. And I'm just like, ugh, Elena. I know. Elena is very chicken soup for the soul this entire episode. She's always so sincere. (laughs) It's boring. It makes me roll my eyes. Totally. He has some sass for Alaric in this scene. Like, oh yeah, I guess I don't have to be here, but it's my job to watch Elena. So I'm just going to be here whether you like it or not. And then he threatens to eat everyone at the event later. Yeah. <laughs> and then Last, he's like, just there's gonna be so many people around. I might eat them all. JK, LOL, winky face. Right. What a jokester that Stefan is. Yep. 
And then we get the return of a great character. The creepy witch house. Yes, where Bonnie and Jeremy lived for a month. <laughs> Nobody talks about that in this, but like Carolina is there for the first time. She's like, oh, this is so creepy. I don't like it. And I'm like, you are here for one minute. Bonnie lived in the basement here for a while. Right? Oh my Hiding God. from Klaus. Yes. Bonnie faked her own death and moved into a creepy ass witch basement. Like, <laughs> the th- sacrifices she has made for her friends. I know. And Caroline remembers to shout out that a hundred dead witches were burned on the very spot where they stood and asks bonnie about it and bonnie's like yeah they're not here anymore they got pissed once i brought jeremy back to life so did i (laughs) me too mike yeah maybe maybe it would have been for the best he could have been with anna and not have to drag everybody else into the whole thing true good point i like your take hot takes by mike king (laughs) that's a new podcast coming soon (laughs) Let me tell you what I really think. (laughs) Uh, So Caroline's still creeped out, even though Bonnie swears that the hundred witches are gone. And rightly so. Like, when Damon went there, the witches, like, made his ring stop working. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Rejected him from the house. But that was Damon. You haven't done anything to these witches. Right. But they're spiteful, man. You don't want to fuck with witches. It's true. Which, you know... Again, with Jeremy and Bonnie, man, like, you're not going to win this one. No. So then we go over to the grill where Jeremy is still checking his work schedule. Oh, right. That was his excuse. Right. (laughs) Where Anna, so Anna comes up to him and in true Jeremy fashion, he figures out a way to blame Anna for this situation. And he's like, why did you make me lie to Elena? And why Anna's did you like, use your good looks and my attraction to you to make me lie? I know. And Anna's like, listen, Elena is best friends with Bonnie. She's not going to like that I'm here. And she's not going to like to hear what I have to say. And knowing what's going on with us. Right. Yes. Which Jeremy, is true. Nobody likes it. And then Jeremy gets really stupid. He's like, what is going on with us? Why can we touch Vicky could touch things because she was working with the witch. Are you working with the witch now? You said you were alone. Were you lying? And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my god, yeah. Just he shut like, up, Jeremy. You're mistreating both your girlfriends right now. He doubles down and like starts blaming her for a bunch of shit. It's weird and sad. And she's like, um, no, I'm all alone. There's no witch helping me. It's just happening. And then Jeremy does another 180, and he's like, well, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I do know I have to put my face on your face like a disgusting creep. Oh, yeah. Ew, they make out. Yes. And I frowned forever. I really wanted him to get caught making out with there. It would have been hilarious. (laughs) I know. I was hoping that they would pan out. I know. How can we not get a shot of Jeremy, like, licking the air? (laughs) I know. That was a missed opportunity of the show. We need some comedy in with this drama. <laughs> right. So heavy. 
So back in the witch basement, Caroline is lighting some candles and she starts to ask Bonnie if she can do anything else to help, but Bonnie has already started chanting and ignoring <laughs> her completely. So apparently Caroline just came here to set the scene. Bonnie's on her own schedule and yeah. shit is like getting windy. The candles are flaring up. That's how you know that a spell is working. Yeah, and she's doing this manifestation spell and as it gets more intense, Caroline's like, Caroline's like I don't like it. Yeah. I'm like, why is everybody That means that it's just about to work. Yeah, and everybody is always trying to interrupt Bonnie at that point in their spells. Right, yeah. Like, she's a witch, and, like, right when something weird starts happening is when it's like, okay, stop, please. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I didn't think things would move. But then you start hearing a second voice chanting along with Bonnie, right? Because... OMG, Grams is there. Yay! Oh my god, we haven't seen Sheila in so long. We miss you, girl. Which is triumphant there, but then in the next scene, unfortunately we don't get Elena catching Jeremy making out with air. Instead we (laughs) see Elena catching Jeremy making out with Anna. Right, yes. So basically what's happening here is that Bonnie has done this manifestation spell that makes ghosts visible to everyone, and all the ghosts are back. So we've got Grams with Bonnie. We've got Anna visible with Jeremy. We've got Mason visible at the grill where he's chilling with Alaric and Damon. Yep, just straight chillin'. And OMG, we have Lexi. Yay! Lexi! She was my favorite reappearance, I think. Yes. Although it might have been Grams. I don't know. It's a toss up between the two. I was very excited for both of them. Yes. I had forgotten Grams came back, so I might have been more excited for her. As we'll see throughout the show, I I ended up with some mad respect for Mason, too. Yeah. Yeah, Mason didn't leave a great impression in his last couple of episodes, but he's good in this one. Uh, he really starts things off with a bang by sitting down next to Damon and Alaric, drinking a shot of whiskey, saying, God, I miss whiskey, and then smashing the shot glass <laughs> on Damon's face. Which yes. deserved. Fair. Totally. And he's not the only ghost enjoying the ability to smash vampires in the face with glass, because Lexi has popped up with Stefan is like, hey girl, long time, and smashes his head into a car. Yes, and the window shatters when she does it, so you know that she did it really hard. It was awesome. I loved it. And, and it, I think at some point in here was actually my favorite epi- uh, line of the episode, mm-hmm. where Damon and Alaric are sitting at the bar, and Damon, this whole episode, is trying to get Alaric to stop being mad at him for killing him that one time. Mm-hmm. Not the first time he's killed Alaric, but... I think the first time since they became friends. And Alaric turns to Damon and says, we're not friends. I don't like you anymore. Yes. How old are you? I've said that to friends of mine. Not even in high school. That's like a fucking kindergarten. Fourth grade. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like just up and, I don't like you anymore. We're not friends. Oh my God. It was very childish. Come on, Alaric. I mean, he does have good reasons. Kind of. I mean... Uh, I don't know. He could articulate it a little bit better. 
Like, you killed me, and that was bad, and now we're, I don't want to be your bro anymore. Yes. But anyway, I enjoyed it, because it was stupid. But uh, I don't want to relitigate stuff that happened, like, five episodes ago, <laughs> but in the scenario of the show, doing that is, like, sort of locking somebody in in a room for, like, a minute you kill him, but he's going to come back, and you know he's going to come back. Yeah. Like, so mad about it. To put it into perspective, so Damon killed Alaric knowing that he was wearing his ring and would come back. Remember when Damon snapped Jeremy's neck not knowing for sure if he was wearing his ring or not? And yes. that Elena forgave him for that sooner than Alaric has forgiven <laughs> <laughs> Damon for this. Right. I mean, that's more of a burn on Elena for being stupid. But it's, like, Mike, you pointed out that this grudge has been going on for a long time. (laughs) Also, you just brought up another situation in which Jeremy should have died, and I'm just getting so upset (laughs) thinking about all of these missed opportunities. I know. But anyway, at this point in my notes, I did write down, all of this is because Jeremy lived. And even Grams comes at Bonnie like, "Was was it worth it? Yeah, and we do go back to the witch basement then, and Grams is explaining, like, you really fucked things up, Bonnie, by bringing Jeremy back, and you upset the laws of nature, and Bonnie's like, I couldn't let him die, I love him, Uh," and we're all like, no. Yeah. And Grams is like, if I had been alive, none of this bullshit would have ever happened. (laughs) Right. And she's pretty much like, girl, you made a mess, you cracked a door open to the other side, when you sent Vicky back... Some old witch put a wedge in the door, and now everybody's flowing through like crazy. Yeah. And the only way to stop it is to destroy that witch's talisman. Yes. Which, you guessed it, is Elena's necklace, which suggests that the witch on the other side is the original witch. Oh, yeah. There you go. Thanks, Claire. That That original bunch, man, there. Everybody with the word original, I'm like, why can't you be as good as the original Pancake House? Like, come on. Yum. But at this point, Caroline calls Elena to ask about the necklace, and she says something about it having juju. I'm like, can everybody stop saying juju? Like, (laughs) for some reason, that term really bugs me. I don't know why. It's not great. (laughs) It just seems like something a toddler would say. It seems like very 50s to me or something like, Yeah, I don't know. But the gist is the necklace has to be destroyed. Oh no, what a shame. And Caroline calls Elena to ask where it is. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Damon had it last I checked. So has Elena been going around without Vervain this whole time? I guess. Unless she has some other jewelry from Stefan's Etsy shop. Maybe she's using Mayor Carol Lockwood's special vervain creamer. Oh, yum. <laughs> or maybe she's doing whatever the Carolyn's dad did to get the vervain up to just get her mind at the point that she doesn't even need it anymore or whatever. Oh, right. No, Elena's not that smart. <laughs> no. <laughs> then the... At the end of the call, Elena also just kind of apropos of nothing is like, I don't know where it is. I'm too busy dealing with the fact that I just saw Jeremy and Anna making out. Yeah, Elena's pissed. And Caroline's like, wait, what? Yeah. And Elena, meanwhile, is standing in front of Jeremy and Anna and is judging them hard. 
and tells Anna to get the book out and to disappear to wherever it is she goes. And Anna does. She does. And Jeremy gets all upset and he's like, Elena, whatever you do, don't tell Bonnie. Fuck oh you, my god, Jeremy. Jeremy, you piece of shit. Like, usually you want, you, you tell people, like, stick with your family, but in this case, stick with Bonnie. <laughs> yes. I mean, she already knows what's going on and everything, so. But she doesn't know that Jeremy's making out with Anna yet. And Elena makes no such promise. She's like, we're gonna get this necklace and make all the ghosts go away, and then we're gonna deal with your situation (laughs) she is pissed she is and i kind of remember like elena never liked anna which is fair because anna did kidnap her and bonnie that one time oh yeah oh i forgot but yeah she's always kind of had it out for anna in life and now in death (laughs) so Elena goes from one shitstorm to another. So as she's walking across the grill, she runs into Lexi and Lexi's like, oh, there you are, Elena. Good. Um, it's time for Ripper Detox 101. I've got <laughs> Stefan. Like, let's go do this shit. And we find out that she got to join the ghost party here because Elena had been thinking about her. Oh, so right. So that's why she was around that area at the time that the manifestation spell happened. Oh, yeah. Good job, Elena. So Elena gets her wish. Lexi's going to help her fix stuff in. And seems like it's going to be a really fun field trip. Yeah. And then we get one more ghost manifesting for everyone to see. And that's when I believe Mason makes his appearance to Damon. Oh, well, after the bar and stuff. But they they start talking after he smashes the the glass over his head and <laughs> right. turns out not even that mad or at least he's over the fact that Damon killed him and he just wants an apology yeah Mason is also just really enjoying himself he's just trolling them and drinking shot after shot and is like listen I'm here for Tyler I just want you to apologize okay I might know a way to kill an original and suddenly Damon and Alaric are all ears. Right. But Damon still has a lot of difficulties apologizing. He has to, like, really muster it up to get it out of his mouth. And he doesn't even actually apologize. He's just like, I didn't have to kill you. I do a lot of things that I don't have to do. Right. That's all he says. Yeah. But Mason's like, yeah, good enough. Yeah, he'll He's take it. He's very jolly this episode. He is. The eight shots might be helping things. Mm. Yeah, he probably hasn't drank in a while. He's yeah, been dead. Must be down. <laughs> right. What is this middle place or whatever they call it? it? Seems horrible. Apparently, ghosts can get drunk. That's something we learned this week. <laughs> Good to know. Thank God. In case I become a ghost, right. I know that now. I also noted Alaric's hair in this whole episode is really weird. Yeah, he like got a new gel or something. Yeah, it's like swooped back with no part, but. They're, like, the top layer of it is gelled, so it's almost, like, spiky and, like, bouncing on top of the rest of it. It's right. like it's the, like, like I'm scruffy, but I've clearly tried to make my hair like this, but I want it to look like I don't care about my hair. Or I, like, I just put some gel in part of my hair and stood in front of a really heavy fan. <laughs> yes, so it's hard on the top, but fluffy everywhere else. Yeah, it looks bad. It does. It's dumb. 
That's what I tried to get my hair to look like. Why do they do this to the characters? I don't know. They're just like, hey, your hair looked fine. Let's fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah, let's. So he's tempting them with the idea that he can help them get rid of Klaus, which would solve, if not all of their problems, then many of them. And then we go to the (laughs) Forbes torture jail cell where Lexi has dragged Stepan and chained him up right where uh, Caroline was recently. Yes. And this is dramatic. So Lexi's pretty much like, all right, it's time to turn back on Stefan's humanity. So Stefan's like passed out in the chair. Lexi walks up to him and like slaps him across the face. Mm-hmm. And Stefan's all like, what are you doing? So Lexi has, I still don't understand exactly what she yeah, did I didn't here. know what was going on either. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was never explained. Yeah. So Pretty much she has some sort of ability to give Stefan a hand cramp. Um, so he's Just like, by glaring at him. Yeah. Making she, him feel really bad. She keeps on building up to Elena like, are you sure you're ready for this? It's not going to be pretty. But then she just literally stares into Stefan's eyes and somehow like accelerates his starving. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's drying him out. I Making, just use quotation marks there. Like, magically making him feel like he hasn't had any blood in two years or something. Right. I don't know if this is an ability she has as a ghost, because in Stefan's diaries, he was mentioning, like, it took her 30 years to get him off the blood that one time. Oh, right. Yeah. But if she could do this in life... Maybe. Maybe it felt like 30 years when he wrote it. Yeah. No, but the I mean, dates were on his journal. Remember, like when Elena was like reading it out loud. I don't know. I, the only like sort of rational explanation I have is like the way that Damon is able to give people dreams about him. Mm-hmm. That like she has the power to get into people's heads and like mess with the way that they perceive time or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm giving the show maybe a little too much credit even saying that. <laughs> But basically, he feels like he hasn't had a snack in a couple years, and he's jonesing, and it's not as violent as I expected. Yep. Just him being whiny, Mm -hmm. which is really hard on Elena in general. That's why Lexi was like, gird yourself. Yeah. (sighs) So then we go to uh, Mason who has told Damon to meet him at the old Lockwood cellar, which we believe to be the slave dungeon. Right. Totally slave dungeon. And they're going to go on a spelunking expedition. And Damon's like, how the fuck do you even know like any of this stuff? And, or like what's going on with everything? You've been dead for a long time. And he drops the little nugget that there's not much to do on the other side, except watch all of the living people. And so you just imagine everything that's been happening and, like, all of the dead characters are just, like, watching it. It's so creepy. It is. It's really creepy. I don't like it. But Mason now has some knowledge, and he says that there's a family legend about a weapon that can kill originals that apparently isn't the dagger that they used on Elijah a couple times. Right. And they find this, like, brick wall, like, embedded into the cave wall. And Damon knocks through it with a shovel. 
which actually reminded me very much, and it's that time of year, it's around Halloween, but it reminds me of, if you've ever seen the uh, late 90s classic Monster Squad, Mm-mm. when they find the amulet, there's also like a ridiculous false wall that like they just like kind of tap twice to uh, get the brick to fall away, and then there's just like this glowing green thing. Sounds oh. like the entrance to Diagon Alley. It does, yeah, right? <laughs> similar to that as well. So we just hope that that wasn't a load-bearing wall, because then they'll be in trouble. Although, can a ghost die? I don't know. Damon can, though. Right, so we have more or less a huge hole in the wall, and Mason goes first with a lantern. Damon follows, and those two are on their grand adventure. So then we pop back over to Elena and Lexi. Uh, Lexi's still speeding up time. I think we're about nine years with no blood when Elena receives a phone call. Um, Mikey brought up a good point of how does Elena have cell phone service in this crazy jail dungeon? Um, but we'll take it. There is a window very high in the wall, maybe. (laughs) It just seemed to be very cement encased. Right. If you've ever been on an elevator, your phone don't work. Right. So it's Caroline calling Elena, and what is she even calling for? I think she's calling to say that the necklace isn't where Damon said it would be. Oh, yeah, they're looking for the necklace. And Elena's like, oh, hey, can you hold off for a minute on getting rid of the ghosts? Yes. And she's like, um, why? She says, because Lexi's here and she's helping me with Stefan. This conversation pretty much culminates in Caroline being like, well, we're going to keep looking for the necklace and then we'll choose between, uh, sorry, then we'll choose between boyfriend ghost dramas. Yes. And oops, Bonnie heard that last part and is like, dramas? Yes. What? And you think that Caroline's going to like hem and hop her, but but she's like, oh, Elena saw Jeremy and Anna making out. Yeah. Walking on them in the bathroom, just... And I'm glad that somebody told Bonnie because she needed to hear it. She did. Poor Bonnie. I mean, this is what you get when you not only date Jeremy Gilbert, but also bring him back to life. But still, poor Bonnie. I know. Can you imagine going through all of that for someone as shitty as Jeremy and then have him cheat on you with the ghost of his dead ex-girlfriend? Oh my god. It ain't right. Anytime somebody tries to apologize for Jeremy when talking about this show, I always just say, he cheated on Bonnie with a ghost. (laughs) And then everyone cowers because, <laughs> yes, that's all you need to say. Ugh. So, and this is the first of many times that people blame Anna for this situation. Yeah. It's like, I don't remember who says what, but somebody implies that, like, it's Anna's fault that Jeremy is acting this way. Please. It's Jeremy's fault for being a constant dick. But the next thing that happens, I believe, is that one of our favorite tomb vampires of yore, Frederick, shows his face. Wow, yes. Oh, so yeah, and that's when you at realize the illumination that, ceremony having yeah. a good time. Mm-hmm. And all all the greatest hits from the prior episodes are back. The tomb vampires and everyone. Yeah, it's like everybody we've lost who was not a human has returned for this party and Frederick shows himself and I think is like following Anna around the party but before we can figure out what's going on there 
Mayor Carol Lockwood comes to the stage because they're in the town square for the illumination thingy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, Mr. Fowl has been detained, but luckily we have our very own Alaric Saltzman of the history department here to tell us some stuff about history. Yay. Which he doesn't do. All he does is says, hey, the lights are lit. And everybody claps. Up. Yeah, right? He's like, light them up. Right. You need someone with credentials to do this. <laughs> the town historian has to say those magic words. Yeah. And I think Frederick at this point is like telling Anna that he and the other two vampires have unfinished business with the founding families and look great, a founder's party, just what we wanted. Right. Because we might remember... When last we saw the tomb vampires, it was Founder's Day, and they were planning to slaughter all of the founding families, but then the Gilbert device gave them all a migraine. Oh, yes. Wow. And they got burned to death. Good times. That was only, like, three months ago. Although Frederick didn't even make it that far, did he? Yeah, I don't think he did. I think he got killed by By Pearl or... One of the Zalatoris. I don't remember. Yeah. Was he around when Stefan was going through his human blood phase and he, like, attacked someone at the tree? Was that Frederick? I don't remember. It's I also can't keep long track. ago. Right. Was Frederick the one that was with Anna? Were they, like, working as a team when they... No. He was the one who kidnapped Stefan. Okay. That one time. Because yeah. he was mad that Pearl was, wasn't letting them go out into the town after yeah. they got out of the tomb. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot who uh, who Anna was working with when she was... Oh, that was, was uh, Ben of the Mystic Grill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ben the oh, yeah, because bartender. she turned him yeah. yeah, specifically for that task. We'll always have to call him Ben of the Mystic Grill <laughs> because of that one Netflix episode synopsis. <laughs> oh, memories. See, that's why this episode's fun, because we get to talk about prior episodes from the past couple seasons. Yeah, there were no actual flashbacks, but it made us flashback. Yeah. Yes. Like an acid trip. Also, I'm happy that I was watching it with you guys, because I had no idea who Frederick was when he popped up. I was just kind of like, this guy Well, that was all Claire. Like, he, he, like, his face pops up for, like, a second, and mm-hmm. Claire was like, Frederick! It and then you you even mentioned that you don't even know how you knew his name. It was just muscle memory. It's one of those things that's just in my brain taking up space that could be holding something useful. <laughs> but I'm glad it served a purpose here. But anyway, yeah, Frederick is there to fuck shit up. I don't know if they could get any of the other actual tomb vampire actors. There's just like a few random people clustered behind him that we assume are his bros. Yes. And things take a drastic turn here real quick. So as soon as all of the lanterns are lit, um, we take a look and there's just an old man dead strung up on a tree. And it's Tobias Fell. R.I.P. girl. We hardly knew you after your Clearly the animal control people were off the clock at the time because there was another animal attack. Yep, the animals are evolving. They have skills. They can use tools and. <laughs> yep. Goddamn mountain lions are trees. tying people up in trees now. Right. So clearly that was Frederick's doing because mm-hmm. he hates the fells because they were a founding family. They're the founding family we really spend the least amount of time with. Thank God because Logan fell died and it stuck and he doesn't come back in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good. He does yes. not come back. Does that mean he found peace? 
God, I hope not, but oh. I guess so. I mean, Maybe. honestly, if we don't have to deal with him, then yay for that. Right. Maybe he's in a deeper hell. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get that actor. So I think we take a quick detour to uh, the torture dungeon where Stefan is at this stage of his detox where he's trying to beg and manipulate Elena like, I love you, Elena. I love you. I'm hurting. Please make it stop. Uh, I'm a junkie. And Lexi's like, don't believe him. Don't listen to a word he says. And like all of these scenes, Lexi is like stalking around the room really yeah. intensely and seems like she's really enjoying the torturing of Stefan. It's like she's done it so many times it must be like fond memories. Right. She says that at a cer- at this point in his detox, it's time to start hurting him. So she just starts stabbing him in random places. Yeah. Including really close to his heart. Maybe she wants to put the fear of God into him or something, but she is, like, getting close to death. Yeah. And Elena is suddenly overwhelmed. She's like, oh, I can't watch this, and she leaves. Right. Like, Come on, Elena. You've seen people, like, decapitated, had their hearts ripped out of their chest. Yeah, together. this isn't the worst that she's seen, but I mean, maybe it's, it's so thing, painful but it's for her. Dickhead Ripper stuff, and she shouldn't. She shouldn't be so torn up about it. Yeah, and this was her idea. <laughs> it was. She was the one who was thinking about Lexi, and she was warned. Lexi was like, "Hey, this is gonna be rough." And even though it wasn't all that rough, it was still too much for kind-hearted Elena. Yeah. But I think it's partially a device so that she can step outside. And as we might remember, this torture cell is directly underneath the police station. <laughs> so she comes out onto the street outside the police station and sees all the cars are out. And there's like cops talking out of their radios because they've all converged on the illumination ceremony because of uh, Tobias Bell being super dead. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on? Right. I missed everything while I was down there. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it was soundproof, but still got a cell phone. <laughs> and then we go back to the party of Bonnie and Caroline searching for the necklace. Yes, they are still looking for that damn thing. And Caroline in this scene even checks in a pile of decorative soaps where the moonstone used to live. And yes. I thought that that was an awesome throwback. Yeah, and it's like without fanfare, it's only if you really remember the show that that registers for you. It was like a really nice little treat. And that's right. when she knows that it absolutely isn't there too. Yeah. And so she and Bonnie kind of determined that somebody must have stolen it. And do they call Jeremy at this point? Yeah. I think I, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, so, hmm, I wonder who might have a motive to steal this necklace that will make the witches go away. And they basically tell Jeremy that they think it was Anna because she doesn't want to leave. And he's like, how very dare you? She would never do it. And she's standing there like, I didn't do it. I promise, Jeremy. Just as convincingly as he had told Elena that he totally didn't see, that Anna totally wasn't there at that time right. when uh, they yeah. were eating dinner at the on the patio of the Mystic Grill. <laughs> yes, the patio. And then Caroline straight up calls Jeremy an idiot, which I really enjoyed. Oh my god, it was so good. She was like, you're even more of an idiot than I thought you were. <laughs> yes. like, Thank god for Caroline. I know. Oh my god, I love her. And you're going to ruin everything. And she's really mad at him about betraying Bonnie. So Mm -hmm. she's letting him have it. But he just loves Anna so much. He's always going to defend her. I guess. 
So while all that's going on, we check in on Damon and Mason's exploration into the dungeon. Um, and they're chatting about like why Mason has brought him down here. And all of a sudden, Damon is walking through and he just gets staked by a bunch of things coming in at him in a million different directions. He's staked like eight times. Yeah, there's like some kind of booby trap in one yeah. of the corridors that he goes down. It's like in a the third Indiana Jones. Yeah, I thought the same Last thing that the Last Crusade. Like he did not that, duck, or he did not bend on his knee when he was supposed to. Only the Penitentiary <laughs> will pass. So all these giant ass stakes come out of the wall and stab him from four different directions. But apparently, this booby trap was designed for like a child vampire because it's way too low to hit him in the heart. Right. He just is skewered there and can't move. He's like, uh, Mason, a little help here. Yeah, can you help a brother out? But we leave him to writhe there for a bit and go to Jeremy being the fucking worst. Yes. Trying to explain to Elena, like, his whole deal with Anna. Because she has tracked him down at the town square to be like, listen, you are an idiot. Get the necklace. And he's like, I can touch her, Elena. And we all vomited. I can kiss her. And I, mil- I still love her. I've always loved her. I'm like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. Like, if you felt that way at all, how dare you string Bonnie along this whole time? Also, they dated for, like, a month. Yes. Oh, my God. Hey, man, Jeremy falls hard, you know. He was all about Vicky for their, what seemed like, three-day fling. Yep. Then he had the hots for Anna, and she went and died. (sighs) But then Elena needs to try and talk some sense into Jeremy. Thank God somebody... Will um, and Elena kind of goes on a guilt trip for Anna, so she's like, "Listen, Jeremy, your love isn't real because Anna's dead. Anna, like, you're holding Jeremy back. How could you do this? He's his just trying to live his life. Him. Yep." And then she's like, "Jeremy, are you gonna love a ghost for the rest of your life?" So after this real talk, it seems like Jeremy and Anna come to the realization that their love is doomed. Um, so Anna pops away and comes back holding the necklace. Oh my god, she lied. Yep, that bee did steal it. She sure did. I'm disappointed in you, Anna. So then Elena's like, Jeremy, call Bonnie and tell her that you have the necklace. Yeah. Then we go back to the cave, and Mason comes up with an axe and is like, Hey buddy, sorry about that, I had to go get this. And he chops the sticks and pulls them out of Damon's body. I'm like, man, you really must have some muscle behind it. Like, those were thick-ass sticks that, like, impaled him all the way through his body. And Damon can just immediately still walk around, even though he was practically sliced in half. (laughs) And I wonder, like, decapitating a vampire can kill it. It's Uh like, at what point of the body can you, like, bisect their entire body and they still survive? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. Because I would assume that if you cut Damon in half... He would still live. He just wouldn't have any legs. Right? Yeah. I would or stand I mean, if he kind of lined his body back up, would it heal itself? Yeah. Kind or, of? like, is he a lizard? Would he regenerate and grow new legs? Ew. I bet they would be, like, really misshapen and weird. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. These are I don't questions. Know. <laughs> we need to know more. Yes. But 
as Mason is helping him get the stakes out, he's like, I really don't buy this whole thing. Like, I tortured you. I, like, stuck my hand into your chest and pulled out your heart. Very graphically reliving his glory days, it seemed like. Yeah, right. He's like, why would you forgive me? Why would you want to help me? And then Mason is like, listen... I've been on the other side for a long time, and I'm all alone, and I have to remember, like, all the shit that I did, and I don't need revenge, I need redemption. Aww. He's like, mistakes were made, I have regrets, and all he wants now is to help Tyler, and getting rid of Klaus will help Tyler, because Tyler is a hybrid. Oh. Is Tyler in this episode? I don't think he is. Huh. His mom is. Yeah. That just sounded like a sassy diss for some reason. <laughs> it did. I don't know why. His mom is. <laughs> but anyway, we, we can uh, like Uncle Mason again after this episode, I think. We yeah, can. Mason, Mason redeems himself. He got redemption in our eyes. Just a whiskey-loving slugger. Yeah. I mean, he did what I think I would do if I were in his circumstance. You know, like... Got Get to... drunk and lead someone on a cave exploration. <laughs> well... You know, just get some aggression out. Just you know, smash a glass over a guy's head, uh-huh. then Stab do it again. Stab him through the stomach. Let some sunlight in. Burn him a little bit, then and then you've had your fun. Yeah. You know, just continue on with the mission at hand. Try to make buddies with your old nemesis and call it a day. Yeah, and True. then maybe he'll find peace and not be stuck on the other side anymore. Exactly. So they keep plunging into that dark cave, which is sadly not a euphemism. <laughs> I was about to say, that's what she said. Um, and Caroline and Bonnie are in the car outside of the illumination ceremony. And Caroline starts to see some shit going down. Yeah, there's a car that is completely smashed up against a tree. And she's like, that's the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's happened there, but we assume Frederick was involved. Right. So- and- Speaking of whom, he comes strolling up. Yeah, so they're, like, circling the car, and Caroline's like, listen, I gotta go protect Carol Lockwood, which is so heroic, especially after Carol called her a whore when she slept with Tyler, and then led to her capture and subsequent torture by Caroline's dad. Yeah, man. And she says something funny, it's like, you go deal with your ghost boyfriend issue while... Elena deals with her boyfriend, and I go save my boyfriend's mom. <laughs> yes. And Caroline then goes to face down, like, all these tomb vampires who are much older than her, because she's a badass. Yes. Yeah, she's, like, Matrix fighting them. It's great. Yeah. I really enjoy it Anytime Caroline beats up men. Me too. But we don't get to see too much of that yet, because we have to go to Jeremy and Anna, and Jeremy's like, well... Once they destroy the necklace, like, we won't be able to touch anymore, but I'll still be able to see you, so it's not over, right? I'm like, oh my god, why don't you cut your losses and, like, try to salvage things with Bonnie instead of having a relationship with a ghost who you can't touch for the rest of your life, you idiot. Right? But it's just classic Jeremy being a dumb shit. Being selfish, for sure. But then Anna drops the knowledge that I choose to think cast a different light on the whole situation, which is that she doesn't know where her mom is. Mm-hmm. That she thought that if all of the ghosts came back, then her mom would be there and they could be reunited. 
And I'm like, maybe this whole time Anna has just been trying to get back to her mom by using Jeremy. I, I know it's not true, but I choose to believe it. Yes. But it's sad. She doesn't know if her mom found peace or if she's stuck somewhere else on the other side. And she's crying. And I'm like, now I understand your motives at least a little bit. Right. She says that's why she kept the necklace or took it. Yep. And just that she doesn't want to be alone anymore. So it's a little sad. They're like kind of saying their goodbyes and I don't know. Yeah. And she tells Jeremy that Elena was right and she can't hold him back, but she wants her mommy. She just doesn't want to be alone. However, she could avoid that. Even if it means being with Jeremy, I'd rather be alone. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we check in with Lexi and Stefan. Yeah. And she's still staking him, and he's sassing her. He's like, listen, you wasted your whole life taking care of me, and now you're dead. And here you are having to do it again. Right. And when you think about it, it kind of sucks. Like, what does Lexi get out of this friendship? Because Stefan's such a drip when he's not on the blood. I know. Although I guess back in the day, he was up for threesomes with Bon Jovi. Right, I was just about to say, you have one threesome with Bon Jovi, and then everything's downhill from there. I mean, isn't it worth it after that? I guess. I don't Thanks know. Thanks for the memories, Stefan. <laughs> but then, we'll, we'll always have Bon Jovi. <laughs> then Lexi goes on this weird tirade about Elena's necklace. Oh, yeah, because Elena says they don't have a lot of time because they found the necklace and they're going to destroy it. Right. And, yeah, Lexi's like, remember the necklace? Remember hope? It's like... Yeah. Where did that come from? So Lexi explained to Stefan that the necklace always represented hope to him. Um, He found it in the darkest time in his life. Yes. Chicago River days, as we saw. And that when he came out from it, it represented his hope for the future. I'm like, Good so basically Lord. what you're saying is like his love for his girlfriend and his brother and all his friends is nothing. But he was so in love with this necklace <laughs> that it can bring him back from the brink. Uh, I guess. But it doesn't really have a chance to work. No. And he sasses her and he's like, well, it's ironic that it's about to be blown to pieces then, isn't it? <laughs> and at this point... I think we go back to the cave where they seem to be getting closer to whatever the fucking Lockwood weapon stash is. And suddenly Damon can't walk any farther. He, like, is a bird hitting a window thinking that it's clear air. Right. And he's like, what, do I need to be invited in or something? And Mason can walk ahead without any issues. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't leave me behind, bro. But Mason says he's just going to have to trust him. Yep. Then a really ridiculous song starts playing as we go back to the witch basement. The first of two, I believe. I feel there's two really sappy, shitty songs that play basically back to back. I thought it was the same song. And after yeah, the whole time, it was just really was long. It? Oh, or maybe I they were like just equally really bad. Yeah, I think they might. I don't know. Either way, like, we have this horrible music playing for like eight minutes. It's like an acoustic guitar, like Ernest dude singing. And it's a really dramatic moment, and this is, like, tonally so inappropriate. Right. It's like a wistful acoustic guitar jam where people are, like, throwing things in the fire <laughs> and fighting vampires. Like, oh, yeah, that's where Bonnie's, like, going all... Yeah, she throws the necklace in the fire, and she 
is chanting angrily, oh, because Jeremy has come to the basement and brought the to necklace. To bring the necklace, yeah. And she just snatches it out of his hands and like doesn't even acknowledge him. And Grams appears at Bonnie's side and they chant together. And the fire is like going crazy and we are cutting now between like all the different, different ghosts and what they're doing as the necklace is being destroyed. We check in with Caroline, who is beating the shit out of multiple men. Yes. She, like, body slams Frederick. And they're supposed to be stronger than her because they are older vampires, but it's Caroline, and she must be angry. It's her anger. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna, just like was that last episode when she's like, they might be stronger, but I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, it was and a couple she... episodes when Damon was uh, trying to kill her dad. Oh, yeah. Right. And then Mason, like, discovers something in a cave and is looking at it like, oh, my God. But then he disappears before he can tell Damon. Lexi is reminding Elena that Stefan is indeed in there and that he'll be okay. And then she disappears. And then our favorite one, Anna, sees Pearl. And that was my little cat chiming in on his on. Our episode so of the It podcast. was his favorite part of the episode, too. Yep. Kitty is using me as a scratching post. It's really cute. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anna sees Pearl, and they have a tearful reunion um, on the town square. And they disappear while holding each other. And I'm like, thank God Anna found somebody else to spend time with, even though Pearl did some, wasn't like the best mother to her after the tomb. Right. It's still good. And they clearly love each other very much. And then we see the fire, and the necklace is melted, R.I.P., and Grams is the last to go, and she Aww. takes a moment to tell Bonnie that she's so strong, and that she's so proud of her. Was there something in the fireplace? It looked like melted metal. Was I couldn't tell if it was like melted metal, or if it was like a ring, or if it was like some other talisman that... Oh, I don't no, know. I think it's the necklace. Was it just the necklace? It was just deformed like the... to be uglier than it was uh. before. <laughs> Which was hard, but they did it. <laughs> and then Grams is gone, and it's all over. And then we go to the cave where Alaric shows up, and he's like, I'm really the only person you could call. And Damon says, well, yes, because I need a human to get past this barrier, and other than Elena, you're the only one I trust. Ah, it was sweet. It was. And then he tells Alaric to get over being killed by him, which is less sweet. Yeah. And Alaric's pretty much like, I would like an apology for this as well. You can't just kill me. And Damon gives Alaric the same apology, half-assed thing <laughs> that he gave Mason earlier in the episode about how sometimes he does things and he doesn't know why. And in my notes, I just wrote in all caps, just apologize. <laughs> I have Damon and Rick BFFs again. Well, yes, because Damon then says, well, I didn't mean it with him. Right. And Alaric gives like a wry smile and you know that they're about to go make out. <laughs> yep. But we cut away before we can see that, unfortunately. Because we have Fortunately, to because this is a, a good one. I thought that this was a good scene. What, Elena and Stefan? Not Elena and Stefan. Two scenes from now. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Because <laughs> what I have next in my notes is that Elena is talking to Stefan and is like, well, I'm going to go. I have to go be a friend to Bonnie and, like, help somebody else with something. And Stefan's like, oh, so you finally gave up on me. I was wondering how long it would take. I'm a brat. Bleh. 
and Elena has another super earnest, sincere thing like, I still have hope for you, but it doesn't matter until you have hope again. And then she leaves. And she, like, gives Stefan a tiny bit of sass when she's like, listen, I'm not going to love a ghost for the rest of my life. Kind of echoing what she had told Jeremy earlier in the episode when he was talking about Anna. And so Stefan is just stuck in the torture cell for now, which yep. is good. Good. Hopefully good for 30 real years oh, without oh. blood. Right. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, this is the last time we see him on this show. <laughs> and I don't I remember wish. for sure what happens next, because all I wrote was fuck off Jeremy. Because Bonnie tells Jeremy to fuck off, basically. Oh, right. Yes, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so they're back at the creepy house, um, and Bonnie tells Jeremy to leave and to go away and he's trying to explain himself he's like trying to talk about why he was chatting with Anna and all this stuff and she's like the least you can do is grant me the respect of not having to listen to you explain yourself just go and we all broke out into thunderous applause and it was great like the worst thing in the world is to have to listen to Jeremy speak at all (laughs) yes Exactly. And so he leaves. And then Bonnie is like left with her thoughts. And then suddenly the fire starts sparking weirdly. Yeah. And we look back in the flames and the necklace has regenerated back to its original form. So that's what it was. So oh, yeah. I, was, I was like, was that a ring? I didn't realize oh, no. it was like oh, yeah. just the, it's necklace the necklace itself back. again. Yes, it has repaired itself somehow. Welcome back, necklace. You can't be killed. I mean, if the original witch was involved with it, I figured it would have to be a little bit harder than just one spell to get rid of it. But it did the trick and got rid of the ghosts at least, right? Fire cannot kill a dragon. I don't know what that has to do. I'm going to transpire this kitten right now. It is about his dinner time, so he's wondering what the fuck is going on right now. It's okay, we're almost done, sort of. Because there's only one scene left. There is one scene. And this was important. Um, Mike, do you want to take us to the end? So Rick, I think he he, he sees, you know, like he kind of chips through one more brick wall and he sees these random cave carvings. And that ends the episode and we don't know what they signify. But clearly they have something to do with how to kill the originals. There's some kind of weird-ass hieroglyphics in that damn cave. Right. And Alaric is looking at them like they're the most fascinating thing he's ever seen in his life. Hi, kitty. It's definitely Aztec scripts. Okay, so that brings us to the end of Season 3, Episode 7. So we're flying right along. Um, and now it's time for us to talk about our segments. Yes. So as we always do, we want to ask the internal question, why are men? Who are we starting? Whoa, that's oh, wait, do we not normally start with why are men? No, but let's shake it up. All right. I don't know what I'm doing here. This is only our 51st episode. Oh yeah. We've been keeping count. This is 51. Right. It's crazy. Um, so should we ask Satirius why are men? Yes. Ceterius. I had to answer for us last time. Satirius, why are men? Oh well, Satirius can't say it. We'll have to ask you, Mike. I don't know. Like I said, Jeremy was just acting like... Oh, now you have something to say? <laughs> this cat has now just removed the earbud from Mike's ear, which is perhaps a comment 
on how men don't listen. They always just want to say their thing, like Jeremy Gilbert. Or some guys. Good just point, Satirius. Yeah. Don't don't want a don't want a guy to give up the game about how we really think about stuff. He just he didn't want me to explain why our men <laughs> to give the out. the yeah. final answer for all of humanity to know. I don't know. But yes, Jeremy Gilbert, definitely the worst defender this week. Yes. The fact that Jeremy is blatantly cheating on Bonnie and trying to hide it from her. That's like the base issue here. And then With he has the ghost. to try to like get Elena to be on his side about it. Right. Oh my god. That is super frustrating. So the moral of the story is basically just fuck Jeremy. He is the worst. He has no respect for the women in his life. He just wants to do whatever he feels like doing in that moment and wants all the women around him to just understand and let him do it. Right. He doesn't seem to really care at all what this would do to Bonnie. Like, Bonnie doesn't even seem to be a concern to him. No, yeah. she. He's, like, treating her like an afterthought when they're supposed to be in a committed, somewhat mature relationship. But it just goes to show that Jeremy is not ready for that level of commitment. He is just... Or for something serious. He'd rather date a literal ghost. Anthropomorphized garbage... And he deserves to never be loved. Never to know the touch of a woman again. Amen. Is that harsh? (laughs) I think it's right. It's spot on. Spot on. Who else was a man and did things in this episode? Because I feel like Damon and Alaric were cute. Uncle Mason was cute. Tyler wasn't there. Matt was was kind of a whiny bitch, but he was only in that one scene. He did make it count, though, with him being like, I don't want to deal with this problem that I created. (laughs) Right. That is classic male bullshit. And we did have Stefan. Oh, sorry, Mike. Were you no, I was something? gonna. I was gonna agree that that is like a, like a very perfect example of guys not wanting to clean up after our own messes or not recognize when we fuck something up and just kind of <laughs> try to try to throw the blame somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And I feel like Stefan kind of had a little bit of that going on. So. You know, he's in his ripper phase, and Lexi has come back to try to bring him out of this hole that he's dug for himself, I guess, with the help of Klaus. Um, but you have another example of these women in his life having to clean up a mess that Stefan brought upon himself. And, like, do all this work just to, like, get him to not be a psycho murderer. Right. It's hard to turn your humanity back on. I guess. I mean, I know from personal experience, it's very difficult. I've had to do it like four or five times. (laughs) (laughs) But I haven't murdered anybody in a while. Good. I'm very proud. I have my like 60 day no murders chip. Nice. I was going to say, do you have like a, it's been X number of days since someone has been murdered in this office or whatever. (laughs) They should have a billboard in Mystic Falls for that. They should. It would always be a zero. The last animal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So men are men. But overall, this was not a terrible, well, like Jeremy really just like ran around with a torch of, awful maleness Mm -hmm. he really carried it through for all of them but most of the men who are usually pretty terrible were not as terrible in this episode so good job them right so on the topic of people sucking who you want to punch mike why don't you share yours first yes do the honors i mean is it too easy to say jeremy 
No. Whoever goes first gets to say Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I got to go with Jeremy. He's just, like I said at the start of the episode, sometimes I try to give him the benefit of the doubt about some things. But in this episode, man, he's just running around fucking things up. And yeah. it's cute and all, but but when you're caught in, in this sort of stuff, maybe be truthful to the people who know that you're completely lying and that's just fucking things up even more. I know that when the ghost of my ex uh, started hanging around and I started having fans' feelings for him, I definitely told my boyfriend right away. And then we <laughs> just had a spooky three-way and it was fine. That's the right thing to do. That's how you handle these situations. Good yeah. job, Claire. That was last weekend. <laughs> I love it. A You're nice more mature than, than Jeremy Gilbert. <laughs> Who isn't? Well, that was obviously the correct choice. <laughs> how about you, Beth? Well, I'll double punch Jeremy, but I'll also pick someone else. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Damon. Mm. It was nice at the end of the episode when him and Alaric made up, but it really bothered me the fact that he just couldn't suck it up and apologize to Mason mm. when they were at the grill. It was just kind of like, just fucking apologize, dude. What are you holding on to? And it's just like a point of pride, I guess, for Damon, but it really rubbed me the wrong way and I was annoyed. So I'll yeah. punch him. All right. How about you, Claire? Well, I will triple punch Jeremy. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought about punching Stefan, but, you know, he's going through withdrawals, so right. I'll give him a pass this week and punch Frederick. Oh, nice. I had forgotten Frederick existed, and then he showed his face, and I had to realize that I remembered his face and name, and that was disturbing. <laughs> and also, like, a lot of these characters who popped up in this episode have, like, learned something or grown in their time on the other side, but Frederick is still on the same exact bullshit he was last time we saw him, like... Founding families must die. I am evil. True. So it was very satisfying to see him get a body slammed by Caroline. It was. Amen to that. And I would have liked to have helped, but... She had the situation under control herself. I wasn't in Virginia at the time, so... (laughs) That was a good choice. I approve. All right, so who do you want to high-five, Mike? This is your first time getting to answer this question. Oh, man. I want to high five Mason, man. Yeah. He was a champ through yeah. the whole thing. Like, he was cute in this episode. He was, and he was, he was just like so cool, you know, like, like totally so over the to whole. There. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he was just he was drinking at the bar, ha- drinking at the bar, having a good time, chilling with Damon, letting bygones be bygones. He was just, you know, not mad about anything. I feel like he had some like really good perspective from being on the other side realized that grudges were meaningless and i don't know respect to that guy yeah he was kind of like he was when he first came to mystic falls like the hippie carefree guy Uh yeah cool surfer bro uncle maybe maybe dying sort of like cures him of his like testosterone fueled vampire werewolf rage. or werewolf yeah. rage so yeah. maybe like he just turned into like wholesale like the hippie lovey-dovey guy that that like the surfer dude thing that he had going on besides being a werewolf or maybe there's just a really uh, nice yoga studio on the other side or maybe that <laughs> or a lot of weed all of the above <laughs> nice about you, Beth? good choice um i'm definitely picking lexi mm. I loved when she 
smashed Stefan's head into the car. Um, that was amazing. And the way that the window splintered, it was just perfect. Yes. She's also like super badass and she's really sassy. And I feel like she got a lot of joy out of stabbing Stefan over and over <laughs> again while she was torturing him in, yeah. back into his humanity. Um, and I also think that she's doing it for the good of Stefan and Elena. Um, so all of those things just make me want to give her a high five. Nice. How about you, Claire? I want to high five Grams. Because I was just so happy to see her. Right. And she, like, scolded Bonnie for the stupidity of bringing Jeremy back from the dead. But she also just was, like, there to help her. Tell right. her how proud she was. He was she, even though she was drunk grandma, she didn't use her time being back on Earth to get crunk. <laughs> she used it to help Bonnie cast some spells and be with her. And Satirius agrees. Yeah, Grams, drunk grandma. I'm drinking this wine in your honor, Sheila. Hooray, Sheila. That's a really good choice, too. All right, so last of all, who should have done it? I don't think I should go first because I think there's an easy answer and I don't want to be the one that that steals it. You're our special guest. Go ahead. I don't have any ideas. Me neither. You go ahead. I think, again, going with how how great of a guy Mason was and how forgiving he was, I, I think that... Mason and and Damon should have just really banged one out to really, really bury the hatchet. (laughs) There you go. Literally. (laughs) I mean, I have another, you know, someone mentioned about going, like, spelunking down the dark. Plunging in the dark. Yes, yes. Yes. They should have just gotten (laughs) that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was all symbolic and the whole time they were just bugging. Maybe. Maybe. There's some things in the cave. Go look later. I approve of that. Good choice, Mike. Hmm. What about you, Beth? This was kind of a difficult one for me because I feel like there were so many dredged up old feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, none of which were that sexual except for Jeremy and Anna, which I mm-hmm. wish that they would stay far, far away from one another. Yeah. Um, so I'm struggling with this one a little bit. Would you like to go while I work this out? I'm going to say Elena and Lexi. Oh. Because it's like maybe instead of expending all of their emotional labor and time and energy on helping this man to do the simple task of like not being a murderous psychopath, maybe they should just be loving up on each other. Like Lexi only has a limited amount of time to be able to like touch things and Elena's there. They're both cute. They both have things in common like loving Stefan for some reason. So why the hell not? True. I could could get behind that. In that case, I think that I'm going to have to go with Alaric and Damon. That was my number two. A classic. You know, they really, they they make up. I say that almost every week. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to go with this one. It was really nice that they're friends again after carrying literally the longest grudge on the whole show, (laughs) as Mike has mentioned earlier. Um, and it was good to see the crew back together again. Yeah. And I don't like it when dad and dad fight. Yeah, no, not good at all. And, you know, they've got some time down there in that cave, so might as well mm-hmm. put it to good use. Yeah, I mean, now they're the ones in the dark passage. Mason's gone. So, like, first <laughs> right. Damon and Mason bang one out in the cave, then Mason's gone, and Alaric can step in. It's fine. Sounds good. Sounds like an adventurous day all around. <laughs> Sounds Alrighty. like a movie that you could run for. <laughs> it does. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, 
it really is kind of the capper on the whole ghost situation because obviously the ghosts are gone now and that was one of the last like holdover plots from season two right and now we can really transition more into some other arcs so what do you think is going to be the focus going forward like what do you think's up with that cave oh yeah so it's definitely got to be some sort of like spell or message or something on how to kill the originals uh we got that hint dropped at the beginning of the episode um so i think that it's gonna circle back to how to get rid of klaus so hopefully we'll see rebecca and klaus back in some of these episodes Um, i think it might be becoming more difficult for them um now that they're losing like some of their sidekicks like stefan potentially so we'll see how him gaining his humanity uh, will work out for him and how that would impact klaus too yeah it's strange we had two episodes in a row now without klaus yeah i haven't watched a show in a while um what's become of elijah where's he at lately? we haven't seen him since uh is he out and about or no did klaus any... daggered him okay. at the very beginning of the season because he was uh, being annoying about wanting his siblings back yeah so elijah's in a coffin somewhere and the only originals out are Klaus and Rebecca at the moment. I know the next episode Mike is really excited about because it has a lot of flashbacks. It's back the ultimate, ultimate flashback episode of all of the Vampire <laughs> Diaries, and I can't wait for Beth to see it. All I'm going to awesome. say is that of all the flashback episodes, it has the most ridiculous wigs. It has the most ridiculous wigs, and Ooh. it also has the most... It's just, it's fucking ludicrous. Yes. Just the whole plot line of it. So be excited about that, kids. I like where we're going with this. Yes. So uh, we've talked about a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. And if you have any thoughts or questions, go ahead and miss to follow us on Twitter at the BD Diaries or find us on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. We're also on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. And you can find us a bunch of places where you listen to podcasts like on soundcloud or apple podcasts where we would love it if you would rate us um, and give us a review we love hearing from you we sure do and while you're thinking of some good questions be careful ghosts are everywhere watching your every move so next time you're masturbating just think about that for a minute he's a ripper he's a ripper he's a ripper mozzarella